0: You can open up your Bibles to the book of Acts. We're going to read just one verse of scripture out of Acts chapter 7, actually. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, I am Pastor Leroy Strain, an associate pastor out at Airway Heights Baptist Church. I've uh, My wife and I have been members there since 93. I think I came on staff in uh, 98 or 99. I don't remember. Is that bad? Um... I volunteer my time down there. I don't know if I've ever really shared this with you all. I, I volunteer my time down at the church, actually, and God pays my bills with me working out at Fairchild Air Force Base. I'm a civilian uh, out there on the base, and uh, God's afforded me an opportunity that uh, has just worked by God's design that uh, you know, I, I have enough to pay the bills out there, and I get to volunteer down at the church, and, uh, and God gets to use that, and praise God for that. Um, and I am happy to be here this morning. Uh, I counted a privilege to, uh, to fill in any pulpit. Uh, I counted a privilege to, uh, to speak a word that God, uh, lays on us. And, um, and I don't take that lightly either. And, um, I was, t- um, I, I know what it is for a pastor to be gone from his pulpit. Um, and, uh, the fact that, uh, Pastor Bill keeps inviting me back. I don't know if you guys get input on that or not, but he keeps inviting me back. And, I, you know, sometimes I'm genuinely surprised that churches invite me back. So I'm, I'm pleased to be here. I'm happy to be here. And I, I don't count it as any, any small thing to, uh, to, fill this, to fill this pulpit. So thank you all for allowing me the, the privilege of being here this morning. I'm going to read one verse of scripture uh, for us this morning in Acts chapter 7. I would ask, it's just one verse, I would ask that you, if you are able to go ahead and stand. It's Acts chapter 7 verse 51. It's going to smack us right in the face and then, you know, as we go into the Word, we're going to explain what what I'm doing here. So Acts chapter 7 verse 51 says this. It says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, As your fathers did, so do you. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bow our heads before you this morning and we recognize you as a God of all creation, not the least of which in all your creation was setting aside this time for us to be here in your presence. Thank you for that. Thank you for that invitation you've extended to us and allowing us this opportunity. Speak to us in our minds and our hearts here this morning, Lord. your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you. Please take your seats. Did, did I turn the mic on? Did I get that? Okay, I'm good. All right. Um, so A- Acts chapter 7, verse 51. This is uh, this is Stephen speaking. And uh, to tell you the truth, as I was preparing the message, uh, I was reading about Stephen, I was reading about Holy Spirit and and how he moved in the spirit and worked in the spirit and some of the things that he did and i got to verse 51 when i was reading about him and i couldn't get beyond verse 51 as i was reading uh the scripture even as i was typing words and putting words into the computer, I kept coming back to verse 51. I I mean, over the course of of the time, I I probably went back to this verse and just read this one verse of Scripture probably, I'm guessing, probably 15, 20 times just reading that one verse of Scripture. Um, I just couldn't get past it. Uh, There's some things that we have to understand about Stephen. Stephen. If you go back in Acts chapter 6 and you read about him you can do that later uh, but you find that Stephen was was called to serve the church called Stephen to serve if you read in Acts chapter 6 it says therefore brethren the disciples are speaking to the church they say therefore brethren seek out from among you seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business that was his job description. That's what they wanted Stephen to do. That's what they were looking for. They wanted someone with a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That's quite a job description. And that's why the early church called him, because they saw these attributes in him. Now I bring that up because I want us to remember this, that that's also a job description for you and me here today. To be people of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. Stephen fulfilled his duties well, if you read about him in Acts chapter 6. And it goes on and says that Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. what did they do they looked at the members of the church they assessed what the members of the church were doing and they called certain men out and one of those men was Stephen they called him out today we would we would refer to him as a deacon uh, some kind of a minister to the people they looked at the members of the church and, and called on them to come and do what God had laid before them We'd, we'd look at the body of East Valley Baptist Church. We'd search in the body of believers that gathers here to seek people of good reputation, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom. And, and when we look at that, within the confines of our church, we should see ourselves. I should be a man of good reputation, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom. You should be men and women of good reputation, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom. You see, I believe that as we serve, as we do the things that God calls us to do, the way that God calls us to do them, I believe that we are called to serve like Stephen served. We're not called in weakness. Stephen didn't do things halfway. That's not what got him noticed by the members of the church. We are called to be full of faith. We are called to be full of power, God's power. And I make that differentiation because I want us to remember that we're not called in, in, in our own power. I'm not called in Leroy power. I'm not called to do things under my own design. I'm called to be of God's power, full of God's power. You and I, you and I, here today in 2016, are called to do great wonders and signs among the people. Just like Stephen did. That's why we're here. And I think that's part of the reason that I could not get past verse 51. We are called to minister in power, not to minister in weakness. The early church wasn't directed to seek from among you seven men of questionable reputations, they weren't called to seek out men who only come to church on Sundays. The disciples didn't say to seek from among you men of weak character who make horrible decisions in their personal lives. If you read about Stephen, what we know in Scripture, and read about him and see what it is that leads us up to verse 51, I'm going to give you the abridged version. I'm going to give you the, the Leroy understanding abridged version. It's basically this, that Stephen did good stuff. And the religious leaders didn't like it. Why didn't they like him doing good stuff? I mean, that sounds like it'd be okay. But they didn't like it because he was preaching Jesus Christ. As Stephen went about his work, as he went about doing the things that he was called to do, the way he was supposed to minister, he was telling people about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who had come, who has sent from heaven to be a sacrifice for for your sins and my sins and, uh, and the sins of the people that he was ministering to. He reminded them of that. That there was one who loved them enough to live a perfect, sinless life and still be hung on a cross to die for your sins and my sins. Stephen was talking about the grace and mercy of Jesus that brings us salvation. And the church leaders didn't like that. The church leaders were telling people how to follow the rules. That's what they wanted people to know. Stephen wasn't always about following the rules. The leaders... Because of this, because, because, of, because they wanted people to follow the rules and they wanted to teach and preach following the rules and because Stephen was, was preaching and teaching Jesus Christ as he ministered to the people. By the way, I can't get past that either. That he was ministering and as he ministered, he was preaching and teaching to the people. Somebody ought to write that down. We ought, we ought, we ought to use that today. Minister to the people Then you get to preach and teach about Jesus Christ. The leaders wanted to, because he was doing that, the leaders, the church leaders, church folk, they wanted to destroy him. But they couldn't catch him doing anything wrong. So don't answer this question. But I always have to think to myself, what is it that we do that we hope no one catches us doing. Don't answer it. Because you're thinking about it right now. And you're convicting yourselves. You ever do those things though? Maybe it's just me. I know I shouldn't be doing it. Here I go. Man, I hope nobody sees me. You're checking over your shoulders. It's probably just me. <laughs> they couldn't catch him doing anything wrong and so they coaxed some witnesses to make some false charges against him so they go out and grab Stephen they drag him before this religious court to defend himself against these trumped up charges Defend yourself of these allegations. But instead of defending himself, Stephen launches into a lengthy sermon. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of the longest recorded sermons in Scripture. He goes through this lengthy sermon that ends around Acts chapter 751. And he tells the religious leaders the verse we read at the beginning. The people that are accusing him, he tells them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Here's the Leroy version of what he's telling them. He's saying, you as leaders have opportunity to lead our people toward God, but you're leading people away from God. You've never given your heart to him, not really. You refuse to listen to him fully and you're rejecting the Holy Spirit. I read those words in scripture and I went back to that verse over and over and over again because I couldn't get past wondering... if Stephen would say those words to our church today, I couldn't get past it because I was wondering if Stephen, if he would say those words about me today. That I had never truly, not really, given my heart to God that i that i refuse to listen to god that i by my life by my action by my choices am rejecting holy spirit i couldn't get past that folks because i don't want us to reject holy spirit want us to resist Holy Spirit and the leading of God. I don't want us to get so wrapped around religion that we miss Jesus Christ and salvation, that we miss Holy Spirit. I don't want us to get so wrapped up around being Baptist that we miss Holy Spirit. I don't want us to get so wrapped up around following the rules that we miss Holy Spirit. jesus speaks in luke chapter 4 verse 18 these are the words of jesus christ in luke four eighteen. jesus says the only begotten son of god jesus says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus himself craved the anointing of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. Jesus didn't say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to get people to follow the Ten Commandments. Jesus didn't say, Holy Spirit is upon me to to get people to come to church. He didn't say, Holy Spirit is upon me to get people to tithe or to help their neighbor. Folks, you and I should take a lesson from that because we need to learn to help people to fear the Lord and to hate evil and accept the will of Holy Spirit in their lives. Then people will want to follow the Ten Commandments. Then people will want to come to church. Then people will want to tithe and help their neighbors. We need to minister in power and wisdom of Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is about resurrection and life. good news to a lost and dying world to have hope for life and so if we want East Valley Baptist Church to be alive we need to minister in the power of Holy Spirit Jesus said in John 14 6 I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever if that word forever isn't underlined in your scripture in john 14 6 underline that word forever i'm going to give you a definition of forever forever means forever that's the definition he may abide with you forever holy spirit's not going anywhere He's not going to leave you, scripture says, not going to forsake you. And so the things that the Holy Spirit gives us, those are eternal. There is eternal wisdom in Holy Spirit. Man, I need some time for people to drop some wisdom on me. There is eternal wisdom in Holy Spirit. There is eternal power in Holy Spirit. There are eternal resources at our disposal if the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We ought to ask the Lord if we can get a hold of some of those resources to do His work here upon this earth. Isaiah wrote, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We ought to ask the Lord if we can have access to that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding so that we can do the things that we are called to do here today. Holy Spirit will come upon us here today in 2016 and will spur us on to action. Holy Spirit will come to us today and spur us on to speak. Holy Spirit comes to us today and spurs us on to do good works. The part we read in Matthew just a moment ago <clears throat> where Jesus spoke, Jesus reminds us that the Holy Spirit will incite us to preach the good news. He'll enable you to speak with authority. Ah, preacher, I'm not, I, I, I don't speak so good. People ask me questions and I, I freeze up and, and I don't know how to answer and I can't remember some of the Bible verses. You know what? You're leaning on your power when you should be leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm talking to me too. That's a reminder for me, too. Stephen spoke to the religious leaders with authority of the Spirit of God. He was drugged before them like a common criminal. He he should have been intimidated by them. He should have been all shutting and looking at the feet and not making eye contact. But that's not what he did, because God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, incited him to preach the good news. Jesus also reminds us that the power of the Holy Spirit incites us to proclaim freedom from captivity and oppression. Second Corinthians three seventeen says, or it reminds us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Folks, there's a world that surrounds us that is in captivity to sin. And God is the answer. We have the answer. The world's in captivity to sin And it's looking to the government for answers. It's looking to politicians for answers. It's looking to Wall Street for answers. But the answer remains God and God alone. A sinful world searches for anything to throw at the problem. Anything and everything. Willing to accept whatever people throw at them. But God is the answer. And we have the answer. It reminds me too that, you know what, sin, I'm not going to lie to you. Sin looks pretty good sometimes. It looks fun. But when we're caught up in it, it's oppressive. It wants to keep you down. It's a burden. It makes life overwhelming. There's There's people around us who don't know that there's a way out. They think that this is all there is. This is the best it's going to get. They don't even recognize that they're in slavery to sin. God offers you his Holy Spirit so that you can bring hope to people who don't even know that they need hope. Stephen knew that God wanted to use him to speak a word of truth and hope. And God wants to do the same through you. Every time I point to you, every time I look out at you and say you, I get the feeling people want to look around at their neighbor. But God's talking to you this morning. God wants you this morning, not the person sitting next to you, you. Jesus reminded us as he spoke that the power of Holy Spirit incites us to reveal the presence of God. The Spirit of God has been given to us so that we can point people to Jesus. God wants people to to see something different in believers. God wants people to see something different in you. God wants people to see something different in me. He delights in himself in, 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 in showing himself strong on behalf of his children. I, I loved those verses that we read out of, out of Corinthians a moment ago about God using the weak things to confound the strong things. God using, I can't even quote it now. I'm excited. That's God doing God stuff. That's what that is. That's what he's telling us. That, that, that God will do the God stuff. And we have opportunity to call on him to do God stuff in this world around us. What would it be like to minister? What would it be like for you to minister? Not just with your words, but with the power of God in your actions. Acts 1.8, Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. God is prepared to do the God stuff. But we need to do our part. Stephen had to do what God called him to do. He had to do it the way God called him to do it. We need to do the things God calls us to do. To do them the way that God calls us to do them. Only when Stephen did things the way God wanted him to do them, only then was he going to be of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And only then was he going to be noticed by the people as someone who could be trusted with more. Don't do it halfway. He wasn't just trying to be good enough. We need to go all the way. I think that's the example that we have from Stephen. In order for us to go all the way, the passion of God has to first fill us before we can expect to proclaim his word with power. I think Paul understood that probably better than anybody that I can read about or know about. Paul understood the importance of doing his part. That's why why Paul could say, follow me as I follow Christ. Use me as your example because my example is Christ. That's what Paul says to us. Evangelist Oswald Chambers, he's also an author. Evangelist Oswald Chambers says, Before God's message can liberate other souls, the liberation must be real in you. Stephen allowed Holy Spirit to be real in his life as he ministered. So that he had an opportunity to pass on the message of Holy Spirit. I believe he allowed Holy Spirit to move in his private life. So that God would allow Holy Spirit to move in his public life. It's an awesome responsibility that we have to speak truth. Into the lives of others. To speak truth into the lives of people who really don't recognize it as truth. The very fact that that God even speaks to me, acknowledges me, acknowledges us as sinners, that very fact alone should grip us. And if it grips us, it will grip those who are listening to us. We can't expect people to be stirred by the truth any more deeply than it has stirred our own hearts. Stephen was gripped by the message of Jesus Christ. It captivated him. Then Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So in our lives today in 2016... We need to remember that it is the Holy Spirit of God who heals those who call on Him. It's the Holy Spirit of God that convicts those who need Him. It's the Holy Spirit of God that converts those who choose Him. It's the Holy Spirit of God that sanctifies sinners like you and me. God is the Alpha and Omega and everything in between, by the way. And he's not asking us to do the things that he is going to take care of, the God stuff. He's only asking us to do our part. So what's your part? What are you willing to do for God? There's an author who wrote of the church. He said these words. He said, we as church folks, we are often willing to display our gifts, natural Or spiritual. We as church folks, we are often, often willing to air our views. Our political views, our spiritual views. We may even preach a sermon. Or write a book. Or correct a brother in doctrine. But who will storm hell's stronghold? Who will stand and say to the devil, no? Who will deny himself good food and good company and good rest that hell may gaze upon him wrestling, embarrassing demons, liberating captives, depopulating hell, and leaving in answer to his travail a stream of blood-washed souls? Who will do those things? If it's not going to be us, who is it going to be? If it's not going to be the children of God who He has called to minister in this sinful fallen world, who is going to stand for Him? Who is going to speak for Him? Who is going to love those that God calls us to love if we won't do it? Are we willing to be prophets of God? That's what Stephen was, a prophet of God. Are you willing to be a prophet of God in your living room? With your family? Are you willing to be a prophet of God at your workplace? With your co-workers? At your school? With the other students? At your shopping center? With the other shoppers? Are you willing to be a prophet of God? Because it will take conviction. That's what Stephen had. Conviction to speak the truth when others don't want to hear the truth. Conviction to speak the truth when it meets resistance. Because that's what happened to Stephen. Stephen stood boldly before those who would destroy him for speaking the truth. He told them the truth of of who they were and what they were as church leaders who were rejecting God, who were rejecting Holy Spirit. Stephen spoke that truth. And then you'll read in Scripture that they took him outside the city and they stoned him. They killed him because he spoke the truth. I think Stephen knew it was coming. But still he spoke the truth. Will you? Will we? Will East Valley Baptist Church be convicted enough to speak the truth in the face of danger, in the face of losing everything for the cause of Christ? Will you? We're coming to a time of invitation where I like to remind folks we are invited to come into the very presence of God. I I believe God's been here this morning. I believe that he's been speaking to you, speaking to us here this morning. But the invitation asks us to come to the very throne of God one-on-one with him to answer his question for you i can't answer for you i can't answer the call for you i can't do the ministry that he's called you to do only you can and so during this time of invitation i remind you that we are invited first and foremost to come and know him as lord and savior of our lives I don't know if there might be someone here this morning who's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Churchy words. Personal Lord and Savior. What does that mean? Well, during the time of invitation, if you come down here and shake my hand, I'm going to do one thing and one thing only. If you ask, I'm going to tell you what the scripture says about knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. I'm not worth anything else to you ever except to do that one thing. I'd love an opportunity. If you don't know him, if you don't know for sure for 100% that if you died today, if you don't know for 100% sure that you would spend eternity in heaven, <clears throat> I'd invite you during the invitation to come and see me. And I'm just going to show you what the scripture says about it. That's all. But the invitation goes beyond that as well. When we know him as Lord and Savior of our lives, He's still asking us to do stuff. He's still called us to something here. He's called you to a ministry that's got your name stamped on it. At East Valley Baptist Church or in your living room or at your work or at your school. I don't know where it is. You can't ask me for the details of that plan because I don't have them. I'm busy messing up the ones in my own life. You mess up your own. Don't mess them up. But say yes to God. That's what he's asking you to do people get nervous about that pastor I like to know what I'm saying yes before I say yes I know I want to know what I'm saying yes to before I say yes me too that goes against everything that is Leroy I want to know the details I want to read the fine print before I sign on the dotted line but you know what that's not what I read in scripture that's not what God has spoken to me he says, you tell me the yes and I'll give you the details when you need them Folks, I, sh- I shudder to think what God could do if just the people in this room had the conviction that Stephen had. Had the will to let the Holy Spirit lead us like Stephen had the Holy Spirit to lead him. I shudder to think. This world would change. Our communities would change. Our leaders would change. Did you say yes to him this morning? It's a time of invitation. I know we have a song, but I can't. I surrender all. I surrender all. Man, that's a good song. Those are powerful words. Don't just sing them because they're pretty. Don't just do that. Sing them because you mean them. Because you mean it. I surrender all. Everything that I am. I give to him. That's what Stephen did. Stephen said, Steve, Stephen said, Stephen doesn't matter anymore. There is only God. Folks, if we want to be like that, then, then I need to say Leroy doesn't matter anymore. It's all going to be about God. Would you do that this morning? There's your call. There's your invitation. Let's stand and sing.